Hello and welcome to this week's ResiCast. We're talking about diversity. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blacksock Consulting and I'm joined today by Vanessa Hale, who's the Director of Research at BNP Paribas Real Estate and also recently appointed as the Chair of ULI in the UK, the Urban Land Institute, alongside Ayrton Dillon, who's a Junior Consultant at Arcadis in the UK, and Adina David, who's an investment professional in residential real estate. She's worked at The Collective and at Greystar, and she's the founder of Ladies in Real Estate. So everybody, there's there's obviously a, a whole wealth of issues that we can talk about. Uh, we haven't got too long, but Vanessa Hale, you've done a lot of work with the Urban Land Institute over the last seven, eight years. You've just taken on uh, the, the, the chair in the UK. What could we be doing better what aren't we doing that we could be doing more of? Thanks, Andy. Um, I think... It's only a small little question. I was going to say, starting off small, um, I think um, my ability... Um, I actually started as a student in Chicago um, with the ULI, and I think being able to show someone a career path within the ULI. But I, I think there's a wider conversation around diversity and its ability to attract people to the industry. Who so what does diversity mean for you? Because I think this is one of these words like sustainability. It's leveled out right everywhere, isn't it? And, and means something different to different people. So personally to you. Personally to me, diversity is not just about gender. It is about ethnicity. It is about age, which is something that I think gets forgotten quite a bit. Um, it's looking at, I suppose, class. It's also thinking about elements of um, mental or physical disabilities. It is the full range of elements that kind of make up diversity. It isn't just a one-trick pony. So what have you seen that's made a difference in your time? What, what things have, have, have you been a part of that, 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 that have helped with those areas? I think um, I've been in the UK for eight years, and when I first started, I would go into an event or go into a room and be surrounded by, to be quite honest, quite a few um, white guys. And... Without question, that is changing. And I think the fact that the conversations are happening is automatically raising people's awareness, and it has been changing very slowly. I think that my engagement with ULI, with Urban Plan, I think... So what's uh, Urban Plan? Just explain that. Uh, Urban Plan is going into state schools across the UK and basically making awareness of the built environment as a first starting point, but second to that is other ways in which, as students, they can be considering different fields within the, the built environment. Whether so it's that's essentially developer. direct career advice to teenagers who wouldn't normally consider. Yeah, through a game, through fun, through presentation mode. It's part of their curriculum, um, and it, it helps them to realize that there's other avenues besides being a doctor or a fireman or a nurse or a teacher. You know, there's this whole sector that, you know, they live, they walk by, they play in, that they didn't even know there was people responsible for creating that. And Adina Davey, your parents wanted you to be a medic, didn't they? Either doctor or lawyer as I went through university. So property was never really uh, kind of discussed as I was growing up. And I found it um, by chance, but I'm really glad that I did. And I you know, absolutely love it. Um, I mean, like you say, Vanessa, just like being able to touch a building and know that you've um, created something that left a legacy um, in the built environment or built shelter for people, which is a basic need, um, that is really exciting. And, it, you know, it's obviously very complex, so you, you can do all sorts of things within the space. 
And, and, in, and in terms of uh, ladies in real estate, so that's um, a group that you set up a while ago, and that, that's been evolving of late, hasn't it? Tell us about that. Why, what, what has been the trigger for that? Yeah, massively. Um, <clears throat> well, I set it up when I moved to London three and a bit years ago. Uh, it's grown to over 400 members now. Um, it is ladies in real estate because women in real estate and women in property were both taken, unfortunately. And it just kind of became this informal group that grew and grew and grew. And I, I thought it was important for it to be kept informal. So the, the meetings are, um, or the breakfasts are free to attend and it's free to register. Um, and then there's no set agenda at each of the meetings. And that's because the focus really should be on networking and building personal relationships between women who can support each other. Um, I, I thought, you know, looking around in the industry, men quite easily go out for a beer at the end of the work day. They, you know, go around the office and say, who wants to grab a pint at the pub? And women often don't raise their hand or they're off to go home, take care of the kids or whatever, or still chained to their desks late for whatever reason. But <clears throat> there's a, a different rapport between men and I wanted that for more women. Is that, um, is that Vanessa Kyle, is that something you agree with? Is there a different, is, does, does this... There's definitely a different um, gender, I think, collective, you know, it, it is a case in which, yeah, it's very common to see the guys go to the pub afterwards. And to be fair, I mean, ladies go to the pub as well. But um, having been with Adina from the beginning and going to a few breakfasts um, with ladies in real estate and seeing how it's grown, just being able to have that wider network and that diversity of network because it isn't just one sector of our industry that's participating in it and just being able to say, oh, well, actually, I need to tell, you know, I need to know something about this in the finance. Oh, I could talk to so-and-so. Um, so it's that network, it's that peer network. It's that peer network. And it's and she's been it's been phenomenal to kind of facilitate that in a way which is maybe more appropriate for women. And it's not going and having your, you know, a pedicure. It's 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 still intelligent professional women getting you know gathering together and having a, a conversation about yeah. probably to be honest what the guys are doing at the pub as well but just in a different venue in a different place uh, et and dylan um tell us a bit about your background so obviously um you, you know you've got an interesting background through study through uh, your work in the consultancy world um what are some of the challenges that, that you've overcome yeah so just to kind of answer your first question so from Coventry, single parent family, um, got a bursary to um, go to Cambridge where I studied land economy. So it was a mixture of law and economics and um, really let me enjoy everything I learned, uh, everything I enjoyed from land law to learning about planning and policy. And, and in terms of that bursary, was that something, is that a standard structure? Could, could you have got that at any school anywhere in the country? Or was there an element of luck there in, in terms of you getting a good teacher who happened to spot that you had a relatively bright bloke in his class? <laughs> uh, too kind. Um, unfortunately, it is often luck at a lot of these levels. So it was, in fact, um, a teacher highlighting that you know, with your um, family circumstances and your A-level grades, this is actually something that is open to you. One thing that I would like to, I think is quite pertinent, is the fact that actually for the whole of the West Midlands, which is where I'm from, um, there are only eight of these OCR bursaries that are actually available. 
And if you actually look at the cohort as well, we were all grammar school kids as well. So I think that can be transposed to property too in terms of funding. Do we go far enough to actually find untapped raw talent? So what are you suggesting? Is the implication that companies in this space should shove their money into some kind of regime that could go and handpick people? So that's almost a little bit what Urban Plan, which is a, which is a charitable organization within ULI, that's almost what it's set up to do, isn't it, Vanessa? Yeah, I mean Hale? Urban Plan, I mean it is an element of, of outreach. It's not giving yeah, it's an outreach program. It is it's it's trying to educate kids into our fields um and, and exposing them to something that they would have probably quite likely nothing to do. But the I point have, the point Edson's no making is is that it's 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 very much also about education and class and where you're from and what your parents do for a living as much as it is what your gender or ethnicity is. I think Urban Re- I think Urban Plan does actually do that because the actual focus of that is around urban regeneration, which is a huge issue, which kind of, obviously, urban regeneration in some circumstances does lead to gentrification. So this is an area that hits, especially across London, many kids from deprived areas it shows that actually the built environment is more than just being on site um, or working as a QS. It's but, but, but the question is, how do you reach those people? Because if you look at some, you look at some of the big picture problems the real estate and housing market has, it's a massive reputational issue. People don't trust it. They don't trust planning. And a lot of those people are pretty disenfranchised because A, they don't really understand how it works and B, no one really engages with them. So you can kind of solve a number of problems. So, Adina, David, how do we reach some of these people that aren't schooled privately, that haven't gone to Cambridge to do land economy and perhaps have a slightly non-traditional background? How do you reach those people? Or, or do we need to reach those people? Or do we not? I think we do and we should. Um, I don't know what the best way is. I think an idea we were chatting about earlier is through technology and kind of looking at um, kind of bringing in different sectors within uh, property. And um, I mean, I have been focusing in kind of a, a niche area of the residential space, which is really pushing new boundaries and bringing in different businesses and fields and thinkers together, um, specific, well, specifically within co-living. But uh, I think it's happening across other parts of uh, property as well. But you think those things, these, these, because obviously a lot of what you've been doing has been very much service focused, hospitality driven, rather than simply building boxes. Does that open up opportunities to bring different people? I mean, tech is an interesting point that you make in terms of data, in terms of programming, which require different skill sets from surveying or from, um, you know, from going out there and, and buying land. Yeah, I, obviously you need different skill sets to bring together a complex project and um yes there are different ways to sorry no it was actually just a very in, important point there in terms of um obviously co-living etc is all about kind of focusing it all back onto the customer so if we just kind of take that as a first example what sorts of people do we need to do we engage it's not just quantity surveyors it's also human factors teams Everyone, anyone studying anything from psychology and understanding how people make decisions to map, you know, customer experience. 
Well, of in course, that the, the other question is: Is are we still going to need QSs in a few years once they've been replaced by technology platforms? It's probably a, a question for another day. But it is. It's, a, it's probably another podcast, to be honest, Andy. <laughs> um, but 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 continuing with that point, Vanessa Hale, what are you know what are some of the actual tangibles? I mean, you work at, uh, obviously part of a, a big multinational organisation, and through ULI, you've been connected globally for a number of years. You know what should or what could large banks, consultancy businesses, listed investment companies be doing? Is there a scope for them to collaborate more widely on some of these pieces? I think so, because I think, you know, there's a there's the there's so much research that's been done talking about diversity of thought and the financial rewards that come from that diversity of thought. Yeah, I mean, no, no one dis- no one's going to sit here and say diversity is a bad no. idea, are they? Let's I, be honest. No, I, and, and yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement on that. I think it's it's looking at how do we change the hiring process. It's increasing. You know, we're we're continuing to see a growth in apprenticeships and. You know, I think the I think the government in in creating the apprenticeship levy was a good starting point. I think it's it for it focused businesses to go. Wait a second. Okay, if I'm going to be putting this money into a pot somewhere, I do want to get a reward from that. Okay, how do I do this? How do we bring people on board? I don't have a traditional real estate background, and I'm I'm actually quite proud of that because I think I will challenge my peers and my colleagues in saying why are you doing that or what's the thought process behind that and looking at the end user and I think that's something I think for a period of time that was kind of forgotten about and it was just much more about the numbers and we built a building and we delivered it and it had a functioning rent and you see that in the the you know space as a service every it, it goes to bringing in people who have a hospitality background it has the psychology and looking at how does a space work and we're looking now there's such a rise in health and well-being in a space and trying to unpack that that we're we can't just all be I, the, I want to say the real estate professional, the ones that have gone through a course and you know can tell you this policy on land or 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 that it, it doesn't make sense because that's not how we actually live any longer. And um, so, what what's the upshot from that then? I think the upshot is the fact that hopefully we make better places fundamentally, and we we maybe don't have this kind of bifurcation of, of any country city where we're having to deal with gentrification issues in theory you know maybe it's naivety but you can say we should be a bit more balanced and we should end up with more balanced places um, i mean uh, Dylan, does, does this not just simply all come back to money i mean it's it's one thing having a more diverse pool of people on your staff but we're not going to cure the world's social ills or the lack of social housing by simply having a few more people from different backgrounds on our team are we are you I think I would kind of battle that one, actually, um, just kind of following on from Vanessa there. We are ultimately delivering for diverse communities. So why aren't we a diverse cohort? And in terms of research, a lot of the benefits of diversity are the ability to empathise with different circumstances as well. So rather That's something than, you obviously you have to do day-to-day as, as a consultant. Indeed, it is all about empathy in a lot of ways, um, whether it be you know, things like customer journey mapping or looking at organisational structures and how to improve those, or in the process of a merger and acquisition, it's all about actually how are the people involved in this thinking so, about it. And, and so how do we get to that point? So if, 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 the, if the ultimate gain here is, is to have a more representative 
bunch of people doing this stuff so that the stuff is better. That's kind of what we're saying here, right? How do we get there? So Vanessa mentioned recruitment, and there are obviously mechanisms there, whether you take names off CVs, whether you do targeted outreach to groups that you know who are underrepresented. What other sorts of things? I mean, you know, you've obviously come at it from, you've got particular experiences in a, in a single family upbringing, and you, you know, you've done bloody well for yourself, but how could more people like you be helped? There are a portfolio of solutions. Um, Vanessa touched on one earlier around apprenticeships. Give us a top two. Um, so for me, apprenticeships and I think universities could do more um, with the property industry, backing them in terms of funding um, for people from non-cognate backgrounds, just support in terms of masters, etc. So living costs and tuition fees. Yeah. And that could be funded how? Through grants from property companies? Grants, loans at low interest rates. Because at the end of the day, it is an investment on human capital and they will get that return back. And actually, I think it would help their employee turnovers as well. One of the things that attracted me to Arcadis initially was the amount of support they have for masters um, at UCL in fantastic courses related to property. So that was one of my kind of key moving points and one of the reasons why I'm interested in staying there. And, and uh, Adina, from this, this human capital point that Ayrton mentioned, it's quite a crucial one, isn't it, in terms of value creation within business. What are some of the, the tangibles that you'd like to see? I mean, what are, tell, tell us a couple of the highlights that have come out of the ladies in real estate discussions. Well, again, it's an informal group, so everybody kind of talks um, to each other and not as a group. Um, no, or, quite, but there, there have been a couple <laughs> of good ideas that have come out of this group, right? So, Yeah, and one thing, uh, you know, we have received criticism for being women only um, for a long time. And earlier this year, um, around International Women's Day in March, we hosted our first formal dinner at City Hall, which is called the 50-50 dinner. And we invited men in, and there were 50 men and 50 women coming together to support one another and to promote gender equality and gender balance. And I think it's really important to bring the men into the conversation. Um, and, but young men also, I think, or because young men also need a similar type of support that you know we're trying to give to more and more women. And that's been a very kind of vocal aspect of um, of this recently, in, or in recent years, there's been a big push to bring more women onto teams. Um, and I think it's created some marginalization for, it sounds maybe weird, but um, <laughs> for the younger guys. Uh, I mean, I had analysts on my team asking me, you know, why are you, why is this women only? Um, what we should we should yeah we should farm our own I was well you know that's a whole other thing there but (laughs) uh, I think there is a point that you don't want to go around blasting your horn about diversity and what happens to the rest of kind of the establishment yes I mean so I suppose that's the question is it at what point does promoting diversity actually promote segregation Mm. and is that is that what you've responded to I think that's what we're trying to do, yes, and kind of bring everyone together into the conversation. This isn't us versus them. This is everyone. This is our industry, and how can we make it better for everyone as we continue to grow and evolve? 
I think you see that with businesses, you know, acknowledging that they need to not necessarily, I'm not a parent, so I'm I'm probably not the expert to comment on this, but the maternity, paternity, and the the leave rights and and what that means and and having actually guys feeling comfortable to say, I am taking my paternity leave and I'm going to go and do this and actually... I want to say showcasing it, but being able to broadcast that to their teams, to their peers, so that it's it's kind of it should become part and parcel of, of everybody, and it's accepted, and it, it's it's how we should be moving forward, and it shouldn't then be the segregation of oh well, these are all these amazing benefits that women have because they've had a child. Actually, no, it's the dad has just as you know just as many um, much right to do that, and as yeah, more and more senior men I think should do it. I mean, British land in in. in- Compliments to them have, have made a big play on on paternity rights, and again, there are platforms. Um, I, I think one of the other challenges, certainly that I see, again, for women that I know, how do they go back and get a job after having a kid, after having a few years out? I mean, I think particularly in this kind of market, for for people like yourself, Adina and, and Vanessa, you're obviously fast rising through your careers. If you were to step out for just two minutes, let alone two years. Think of all the stuff you'd miss out on. So well, how, how do people deal with that challenge of, of, of getting back? This is why I think it's important to have that personal relationship network um, because it's not, you know, it's not, we're not united by one common, yes, industry we are, but segment of the industry or doing a project together and then you stop talking to that team. This is coming together on a regular basis uh, and talking and getting to know each other on a personal level. So having that kind of network. And and I think think the actual ability to companies being able to offer the flexible working, I mean, we know that how we work is changing full stop, but actually allowing people to have that flexible working. We have someone joining our team. She will be doing a flexible working schedule. She'll work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. She has two young children and and that's and that's we're going to work with that and that's well, well we have somebody here that we that we hired from BNP Paribas actually <laughs> who's doing that same thing but just 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 to close off we've got a couple of minutes left I, I just want to shift the conversation a little bit to neurodiversity we've talked a lot about uh, about gender and, and women and I think we've, we've there's made some excellent points there but uh, but coming back to what Adina was saying Adina made the point that the nature of, of the, the real estate and investment market changing I mean there's a lot more technology based businesses and solutions there which require a different pool of talent. Etan Dillon, does this bring in opportunities to, again, look at individuals that might have different skill sets and, and different limitations? Um, and, and how do we, again, provide opportunities for those sorts of folk that might not have the, you know, the, the social skills that obviously someone like you does do? <laughs> um, it is an interesting one. Um, obviously, as we've the kind of key message we've got across in this is that property is so diverse in terms of the skill sets that we actually require that when it comes to neurodiversity, there are huge benefits for us as an industry um, in accepting more people and not holding them back based on... But how do we get there? I think, I think we all agree on that, but, the, but if, if, if you've got people that aren't that don't have the you know that that aren't minded or or are able to to function in a in a social setting be it at a pedicure salon or a pub or a a, a political uh, office party how do they get into it how does a business like uh arcadis bnp paribas big listed real estate investment trust how do they locate these people how do these people find them i suppose in a kind of similar way to ladies in real estate or women property or even freehold, 
which is the LGBT equivalent, um, actually just connecting with disability groups and neurodiverse groups as well is one way in which we can start to generate things like internships or work placements. Um, that means companies coming to the fore and actually saying, look, we're going to make these, these, these roles available, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think that also starts with being disability confident as well. That's more on the physical side, but making sure that all your infrastructure is actually, you know, of proper use. Just accessible. Accessible, exactly. Spatially um, accessible. No, it's a very good point. So, so look, t- to close off then, let, let's go around the table and, and get one suggestion from each of you. One thing, it doesn't have to be a silver bullet, but, but one thing that you think is achievable over the next year that would make a difference. It could be a suggestion for your own business. It can be a suggestion for the market. It can be a suggestion for, uh, for, for property readers and listeners, something that you think could make a, 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 an impact in a positive way. So let's start uh, with Vanessa Hale. What, what, you know, one thing, one bright idea. Positive profiling of industry individuals, I think, in in trying to get it outside of just the real estate bubble um, and really, because I think Andy, you touched on it earlier, there's, there is a perception that our industry can be not great for lots of different reasons. And I think trying to figure out a way in which we showcase and actually start bragging about what we do um, would be a really maybe easy win to start with. Uh, Adina, David, what's your big, bold, bright idea? Oh, uh, I mean, the way I was thinking about this question was probably for within the property industry uh, to help foster... Is, this is not what you wanted me to, to answer. You wanted the, for the broader... I say whatever world. you think. Okay, well, <laughs> so one idea that I, I really... Thanks. <laughs> um, one idea that Land I really... free. I really like... Um, that I've heard, it's not my own, unfortunately, but I think it's really great and I don't see it enough. But for senior men to, or senior men and women to take to dinner their junior female rising stars, um, that doesn't happen enough or that I've seen in the industry. And it's not, sorry, it's not just a gender thing. It could be across the diversity spectrum. Um, But senior mentors taking the time and I think dinner is is key. Have a quarterly dinner with a junior rising star. Well, absolutely. It's a, it's a great suggestion. I think we, we did that with Ayrton when he was here at a few, <laughs> at a few dinners. Um, we saw him as a rising star. Um, so what, what would your suggestion be then? I think for me, and I've got a little 30 second anecdote um, after this, if it can uh, accommodate. So it's positive role models. That's one of the things that I've really appreciated. So I remember about a year ago or so, um, I was at a property networking event and um, when they found out where I worked, the first thing I got was, oh, you're, you're fantastic for the quota. And um, I, I don't know, it just kind of, it really hit me that I've tried so hard and actually, is there any place for me in this industry? And I remember seeing something in one of the property magazines at the time around diversity and it was by um, a fellow ethnic minority and I contacted him it was Steve Douglas co-chief exec at Altair Housing Consultancy and um, he invited me over and he kind of gave me the pep that I really needed and said actually there is a place for you um, in this industry and the fact that he'd had a very similar trajectory 
um, in terms of a not great background, went to Oxford and studied with Ed Miliband, um, whether that's a good thing or not. Um, it kind of made me realise that there is a trajectory for me in the industry. And for me, that's when it has been tough and you've been there at 9 or 10pm and you really need to get something in for your client. Those moments of reflecting back and saying, actually, you know what, you can do this because people have been in tougher positions and done it. I think that's, that's the importance. So I'd defer back to Vanessa's point at the beginning of profiling of positive role models. Obviously, you're at the top of that list of role models, Andy. Uh, thanks. Um, right. So, um, so where can people find a bit more information then on Urban Plan? Uh, ULI.org would be the natural place to go for And Urban. for ladies in real estate? Ladiesinrealestate.co.uk. Fantastic stuff. Well, thank you very much to Vanessa Hale, to Adina David, to Ayrson Dillon. And keep looking at the propertyweek.com website for the latest agenda updates on Resi. And thanks for listening. I've been Andrew Teacher, the founder of Blackstock Consulting. Thank you.